From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Are you curious about growing and selling fruit? Hear marketing tips from an expert in her field, Joyce Ford of Blue Fruit Farm, a certified organic berry operation in Winona, Minnesota. Joyce shares how education can be an important aspect in sales. Who knew Aronia had four times more of the antioxidants of blueberries? Joyce and her husband, Jim Riddle, have served as dedicated leaders and contributors to the growth of and opportunities for organic farmers. Joyce has trained organic inspectors and set standards for organic inspection around the world through founding the Organic Inspectors Association, served on the Moses Board, launched farmers markets, and has led to the establishment of various organic standards, training, and policy. Today we're here with Joyce Ford on her Blue Fruit Farm in rural Winona, Minnesota, talking about blue fruit and fruit. And those women who came to our In Her Boots workshop got to taste the fruits in multiple forms. My personal favorite, blueberry crisp with ice cream. Thank you, Joyce. Uh, But on the fruit note, if we could talk a little bit more about the fruit and the marketing aspect, because it, it always amuses me because the things you're growing are really the oldest, newest thing, right? Because these have been around for close to forever as far as plant varietals. Mm -hmm. But do you find, what what fruits do you do again? And then... Well, let's see. I actually left out one from from before. So I'll start with um, um, honeyberries, which start uh, ripening and we start picking in late May. Uh, Next is Juneberries. They're from uh, Northern Canada and people out in North Dakota like them a lot. Um, then we, uh, black currants come next in early July with a concurrent with blueberries, um, cherry plums. Uh, we have a cherry plum, few, just a few cherry plum trees. Um, but they are a cross between a cherry and a plum, a sand cherry. So they're a little tart, but they have a great flavor that just brings in a little bit of that cherry as well as the plum. So you get this amazing flavor. Um, and then we have uh, aronia berries start uh, late July, early August. We're doing that right now. Um, blue plums are we're also starting to pick right now. And then uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll be finishing up with the elderberries. So they're really staggered, but you have a busy summer with busy summer. one after another. Right. And for a lot of the berries you mentioned, does the average customer know about them, or how do? I think how blueberries is about the only yeah, one that people are really point familiar of with. That's fruit. a very easy fruit to market, um, and I it's it's wonderful. I, I really enjoy marketing blueberries. It's been an uphill battle with some of the other fruits, um, but we're lucky that we have some restaurants and and wholesale orders that will take a larger amount while I'm working at getting more of the consumers on an individual basis. Because right now, how do you market your berries? What are your outlets? Well, we market uh, primarily through our website. 
uh, with um, direct customers sign up and then I let them know that when the fruit is becoming available with the prices and then they can order directly at that point in time and we set up delivery either they come to the farm and pick up right I deliver and um, we also have a number of wholesale um, customers and one distributor that we work with that is out of La Crosse and so that's 30 miles away so it's very um, so, so sometimes we are packing things up bulk for the, you know, the, the uh, customer, the, you know, the consumer in a five pound, basically a five pound box. That's my smallest kind of packaging I do for the consumers. For the grocery stores and the distributor, we pack in, in half pints and pints. And then for the uh, restaurants and the wholesale customers, we generally are either selling in the five-pound boxes or we have the capacity to do five-pound frozen bags, and they so, like that a lot. So you don't do you U-pick on the farm? I do, Folks come I do not and, do a U-pick. Well, what made that decision for um, you? I didn't want to deal with the public on a you know daily basis or weekly basis. Uh, I didn't want to have uh, restrooms here. I didn't want to have to You're deal with the liability here. Yeah. insurance. Yeah, it's another layer. I'm just curious. Yeah, so it may be at some point in time when those blueberries are really mature that we'll have to do a pick your own for a few rows or something. But right now, I'm able to market all the blueberries. If um, you can sell them, yeah, and people yeah. are willing to, to obviously pay accordingly. Mm-hmm. With some of the those other berries you mentioned, how do you market? I know you, you talked a lot about educating, but are the health benefits becoming more aware and folks are seeking them out or is that that's a point one, of That's sale? one way in which I think that we're getting customers because people are telling me about their health issues uh, when they come in and pick up fruit and um, they're asking me about it. And we usually advertise in the, in the pamphlets that I've prepared and the shelf talkers we talk about, for instance, the black currants are very high in vitamin C, um, potassium iron. Uh, They're really good for for people who have heart issues. And so I believe that the food that we eat, you know, can help help us heal ourselves and help keep us healthy. And it's a natural thing. What we put into our bodies is, is going to affect yeah, our health. I'd rather health. eat some berries and go to the doctor <laughs> so, any day. You know, I think that's one of the things we love about these berries is that it, they're all healthy in one way or another. Um, the aronia has four times the antioxidants of blueberries. Wow. And which everybody thinks of blueberry as a very healthy fruit. But if you look at this, um, um, there's a scale that is a very complicated name. It's called the ORAC scale or the oxygen reduction capacity, <laughs> absorbency capacity. And it's about free radicals, um, the ability to capture free radicals. And so uh, aronia berries is at the very top of that. And then elderberries are second. And noji, goji berries and noni berries are much farther down the way. And the wonderful thing about most of our fruits is that they are native or can be grown in zone three and zone four, which it's very, we have a very cold climate here. That's great. And you also do, so you sell the berries fresh during the season, but tell me more about the other outlets you have, because you do value added and some frozen too, right? We, we do some value added, we do frozen, and there we are just, we're not doing individual quick frozen, uh, we're just packing in bags. And along, as long as the fruit is dry, uh, the fruit will, the berries in the bags will break apart very easily for the consumer. Um, we also, uh, you know, the restaurants are basically going to be using that to make something. And so they're not that concerned that it be loose and free like a, an individual consumer is that's going to want to put some in a smoothie every day. 
So they really like the frozen because a lot of times we were finding we would deliver them fresh and they would just put them directly into their freezer, but they weren't packed for frozen and they had, we had air holes in the boxes. And so that really wasn't the best, you know, um, best way for them to store the fruit and have it be at peak, you know, um, flavor and, and potency when they were starting to use it. So um, we talked with the restaurants and they said, oh yeah, we really would prefer frozen. So it's easier for us and we, you know, we deliver within, you know, basically 120, 130 mile radius. And so we don't do any shipping of fruit. We got a request for it, but I just That's a whole I'm reluctant other, to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but if whole, you've got a local market right. here and you're... And we're building our local markets. I feel like, you know, we produced about 3,000 pounds of fruit last year. We're going to probably produce about 7,000 pounds of fruit this year. Wow, that's a huge and increase. it's all going to, you know, this area. So 7,000 pounds more of healthy fruits that local people are eating. And I think that's, to me, that's just really exciting. Do you see in general in the Midwest and other areas real opportunity for more fruit growers? I think everybody, uh, all the CSA, vegetable growers, everybody could have, you know, one or two of these fruits and sell them at their farmer's market stands, um, or they could even have more. Some of them are fairly labor intensive for the um, picking part of it. So you want to balance that with the other things that you'd be getting ready for market as well. We used to do vegetables back in the 1980s and 90s. So I know what that's like. And you're really busy on Thursday and Friday, and you're actually busy every day of the week. So it would be something else you'd want to fit into your schedule. But you don't have to plant it. It's already there. There is some pruning involved. Um, There is a fair amount of pest management with some of the fruits. um, But some of it is just uh, basic management of Good pruning, good sanitation, um, uh, letting the fruits have plenty of ventilation, planting them the spacing at between four and six feet, depending on what the what the what the species is, um, and um, and just preventing any kind of you know especially disease problems. We have very little disease issues. We have a little bit of issues with plum cuculio. Did we want to get into pest management at all? Or? Sure, sure. <laughs> We have a little issues with plum cuculio, and um, for a couple of years we've been trying different things. And then last year, and that is what I mean. How do you? Well, like we, a, I don't want to name any kind of brand names, but we. Did. Oh no! But what is it? I mean, oh, it's a bugger. Pl- oh, it's a it's a weevil. It's a, a it's, weevil. It's a bug. That sounds nasty. <laughs> it's like a weevil, and it has little uh, snout and little things that. Oh, come that out. Go- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not nice. Right. And so they will basically the females will burrow into the fruit and uh, then, the egg, you know, lay eggs and right. then it gets all soft and gooey and the whole fruit is. I mean, so last year we pretty much sold 20 pounds of, of plums and that was it. And the rest of it, I ended up having to process and use myself with making jams and jellies. And that's one of the ways in which I got into the kind of the value added. Yeah. Kind of well, that thing makes sense. So because I was using less perfect fruit, fruit that was less, less than perfect. Right? And did you, or when you started, were you processing under Minnesota's cottage food law in your home kitchen? I have a bit? home kitchen that I use. I'm not state inspected and I have taken the cottage food uh, training uh, for the second level, even though I really only meet the first level. Um, and I'm going to be registering very soon. <laughs> Just haven't had the time yet. But yeah. the forms are actually filled out. 
Um, but that's a great way. But, so and it, I also took, I also, having been an organic inspector, I'm very familiar with, you know, sanitation issues in processing areas. And I've taken a, a safe serve course, uh, like for restaurants and things too. So oh, I, that's great. I, I know what the issues are there. Because these cottage food laws vary by state. Minnesota has a strong one, but are an easy on-ramp for farmers to do exactly what you're doing, to take either... Things one has in abundance, too much if they can't sell, or the not perfect blemished items and do value-added, jams, jellies, salsas, whatever it may be. And those work for you then um, mm-hmm. both at the winter markets. And it sounds like you use it a lot for sampling. That's the main thing that we actually do use it for. And we get people to sign up on our website once they've tasted the flavor of the fruits. It still requires that people do something with it. And that's why, you know, I think the aronia berries and the black currants uh, and the um, blueberries are so important because people who do smoothies, who are doing juicing, uh, like those kinds of fruits, they can just throw in, you know, a handful every day. Um, I have a, a number of mothers up in the Twin Cities that make elderberry cough drops Oh, and, wow. and they get, I can't even imagine making a cough drop for my Literally make a cough drop. They do. And they have little molds, uh, little gummy bear molds that you can, <laughs> and they, they buy the elderberries from me and they make the juice and they make cough drops out of it. And I was just, I was thrilled. And they I say they make really my own work. gummy bears. Well, that, <laughs> but, but you're, you're finding connecting with a motivated audience that wants what you're growing. That's, That's right. The key. And I'm helping them to get something that they didn't know they wanted, but they do want. They do want to find ways to, ha- to have healthy foods for their children and sure. for their parents. or who. A lot of people that are, that are ill with chronic disease, you know, this helps build their immune systems and helps keep them healthier in the long run. Oh, there's definitely because all these there. fruits are high in in the antioxidants, so that they are all all helping to build your immune system in 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 your body. Healthy gummy bird. Yeah, healthy that's gummy bird. That, that's right. what the world needs more of. Thank you, Joyce. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.